podcast. Today's episode is pretty vulnerable for me, but I'm proud of myself for getting through it without crying. Well, I only cry once and that's pretty good for me. But before we get started, I have to remind you about do the dang thing. This is your jumping off point. If you are an aspiring entrepreneur, we're only going to be doing this program once and then it will be gone forever. This is to help you get from step zero, don't know what you're offering, to your offer out into the world. It starts October 12th. The doors close in a week and we would love to see you there. We're going to be meeting together two times a week to get you accountable, get your questions answered because there's so much confusion at the beginning part and I don't want anyone to feel alone and I want everyone who feels called to start their journey no more standing at the starting line. It's time to go. I know that the journey of entrepreneurship has so many roadblocks and hurdles that you have to get over and honestly one of the biggest ones that was in my way for so many years was crippling guilt. And I want to tell you it doesn't come up for me anymore. It just comes up in different ways. This lady came to my house the other day and we were talking and she's like, I'm just retiring. I've, I've been uh, teaching at the college for 36 years and it's been so great. What do you do? I'm like, oh gosh, that's a loaded question for me. I can tell you what I do right now. <laughs> what I do right now is I teach women how to grow and start their businesses. I have this cool studio that we get to host these big live events and I, I get to teach things I'm passionate about. But if you ask me what I'll be doing in 18 months, I literally have no idea. And she was like, I'm so jealous that you're living such an exciting life. And I'm like, I'm so jealous that you have such a stable life where you know what you want to be and you just did it. It honestly was easier when I thought I knew what I wanted to be or what I had to be. Growing up when I did um, in the Mormon culture, the prophets were really big into, really big into women stay at home, do not work unless your husband, as there's actually a tragedy, do every single thing you can to not work and be in the home with your kids. And so I grew up kind of when the question was asked, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I can say whatever I fill in the blank with X, Y, Z of what would sound fun. But I know that that's not really my path. I know that I will be a mom and a wife and I will serve my church. And that is the example of every single person I know, minus a rogue hairdresser and um, piano teacher that that's what I will be when I grow up so I think it's cute that you're asking me this question except I know I'm not allowed to be any of it I always knew that I would get go to college to be to get a, a degree in something I will only use for a little tiny bit and then I will get married young and I will then be a stay-at-home mom and that's as far as I could ever think that's like that was that was the box that was handed to me at birth from Family, culture, religion, this is the box. This is what you got. Enjoy. And it worked. It worked good enough-ish, right? I was like, okay, this, is, this isn't so bad. Um, I will just make it my mission to marry the person that can provide the most bomb life for me as possible living in this box. So I dated in college a doctor. I want to be doctor. He did actually end up being a doctor. How do I know he ended up being a doctor? Because when I was having my second son, Jack, I was feet up, stirruped up in the delivery room, ready to push. And in walks the resident on call. And who is it? None other than my ex-boyfriend coming in to deliver my baby. True story. He walks in and I just mumble something like, uh, um, uh, that's not going to work. We made this eye contact. He like slowly starts like excusing himself out of the room. And then I'm like, that's rude. I'm like, Hey, come in. Like, it's nice to see you. How are you? My feet are in the stirrups. You guys, 
I give him this weird, awkward, brawless side hug. And I'm like, wow, before pushing, getting an update on his life. My mom's like, good for you. We didn't actually think you were going to make it to medical school, which I'm like, excellent jab, mom. Excellent. And then I'm like, hey, meet Todd. This is actually the man I left you for. This is so weird. Is this happening? Is this real? Yes, it was real. In which I go to start pushing and me and we all three of us, my mom, Todd and I are laughing so hard. I literally cannot push. I, I have nothing. I am just laughing. And meanwhile, I'm like, is that real? Was that real? Did that actually just, did that actually just happen? And the nurses are then, as I'm pushing, just updating me on his life. They're like, oh, he has twins and two other kids. And he got married, uh, blah, 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 this year. And it was the strangest moment of my whole life. But I was sure when I was dating that man, I was like, you're going to, you're my ticket. Like you are the ticket because I'm going to be a stay at home mom. This is, you're going to be able to provide me a bouge life because your parents have this bouge house. You're going to be a doctor. It's going to be amazing. And I remember in middle school going to this girl's, this lady's house and she was a single mom and she's like, girls, if I can give you one bit of advice, marry a doctor. Gives you so much prestige. You'll never have to worry about a thing. You go find yourself a doctor. I understood the assignment and I went forth. I found myself a doctor, dumped him for another doctor in which Todd became a doctor. Well, of dental medicine. We kind of count it as a doctor, but not really, even though it is MD, DMD. But I really truly thought that like my only way to living this life of like abundance and doing cool stuff was like I had to marry Matt. That was my, that was my ticket. In the financial world, they call it the Prince Charming Complex where you grow up with this idea that you'll just always have a Prince Charming taking care of you. And to be fair, I, I have always had that. <laughs> my dad was my Prince Charming when I was little. Todd, Todd, I mean, I put us through all eight years of dental school as a nurse, but I always knew that like this was just like a short pay my dues. And then I get to cash in on my Prince Charming who makes all the money and I do the thing and I live in the box and I'm a stay-at-home mom and it's phenomenal. This was not only the dream, this was low-key the commandment. This was when the prophet speaks in the Mormon church. It is the mouth of God. It is the voice of God speaking to you. And the one size fits all advice of women do not work. Men, you are the providers. I heard very loud and very clear. And something that's always frustrating is anytime I say this, people are like, that's not true. That didn't happen. And that makes me so mad. <laughs> A, like, I, I, they're like, your parents were just crazy. That That's not real. I'm like, please go back and read every general conference address given during the years of my raising. You will find the receipts for what was said. My parents weren't crazy. They were literally doing their job as great Mormons and passing down the words of the prophet. Okay, so. I never felt any guilt when I was working as a nurse or as a photographer because it very much said in all of these talks that like if your husband is unable to work, then it is allowed. Then it is okay to provide for your family, basic needs. Don't do anything to buy. Don't do it. Don't try go to work just to buy fancy things. It even says like don't go to work to buy fancy sweaters and furniture. So I was covered and I had no guilt. And so I loved being a photographer. I loved being a nurse. And then we moved to Colorado. Todd starts his dental career. And I am full bore stay-at-home mom. And I want everything in me wants to tell you that I was blissfully happy. And I loved it so much. And it was the time of my life. And all I want is to be able to tell you that. Actually, what I really wanted for my life was for me to find that fit in that box and paint it and put decor on it and feel happy and stoked and um, 
content. But that is not what I found. And oh, the shame of what the hell is wrong with me. Why can I not be happy sitting here living this charmed life? Like the, the amount of shame and like I'm clearly a bad mom because this isn't the ride of my life. I'm, I, makes me sad. That still makes me sad. I literally see like my sister has seven kids say, oh mom, literally loves her life to the core, upteenth degree. And I look at her and I'm like, I literally wish that that could be me. But there is something in my soul that dies a little bit. And I think that that for me was something that was by design, by God. I believe that there was like a calling placed upon my heart, lessons that I can only learn through business, that I needed business to be able to reach some sort of potential in me. I don't think this is it for everyone, but I think those of us that are called to it, we're called to it. And if we ignore the calling, we're sad and we're stuck in a box, whether it's imposed. I mean, I kept the box on myself, right? Like my family, my church wasn't like, you must stay in this box. You must have this life. I... I kept myself there. I don't fault absolutely anyone for that. I don't even fault the church for those teachings. They were teaching that. They could not even imagine a world where women could run a business from their phones from home. Not something that they could imagine. So I was struggling. And just your typical lost myself completely in motherhood. And I'm going to park dates and I'm being a brat. And I'm talking about the other moms at church. And I am just not the highest version of myself remotely even close. And I can feel it. I can feel like this is not going well. I'm not, there's, there's, I, this is not going well. So I took the matter up with God and I'm like, God, hey, it's Susie here. I'm struggling. I mean, I know this is my role. I know this is my highest calling. I know that this is where you want me. I'm sad. And clear as clear as clear as a download has ever come to me in my entire life comes the download start a photography studio and I'm like what why are you giving a business at me a business idea um I'm not allowed to do that but I actually am very trusting of the voice I just heard and that was not my own so I am gonna actually follow this even though that sounds bad she's she's crazy god I have no photography clients haven't really picked up a camera uh besides to take pictures of my children post them online and be a baby influencer type vibe this feels very random but I trusted that that thing that said that to me start a photography studio and so we went forth and we did it if it had not come so clear as day I would have fought and struggled in like guilt shame fear worry disappointing family culture religion I would have just kept sitting there and I don't know and I'm so grateful that God knew what was going to pull me out pull me up, pull me into the person that I am meant to become. So I even on just starting to find the space for the photography studio, I felt something in myself coming back to life, like a garden blossoming in my soul, like staying up all night, like researching flooring and loop net for commercial properties and how to financially figure out how to make this work. It was like someone breathed life into me. It completely shifted the frequency of my being. And I know that sounds crazy, but even just in the little little steps of moving my feet towards this dream, I felt something start to blossom and I became happier. 
And because our children are swimming in our frequencies every single day, all day, my children became happier. Things became easier. It started to come more naturally to me, this motherhood gig. Starting the studio was one of the wildest, most fun, magical journeys of my life, actually, because it was this first newness of trying something new, trying something for myself, and it felt so good. And then the studio gets up and running. Uh, That's 500 stories in itself of what that took. And my blessed husband for working all day, 12 hours as a dentist, and then coming to the studio at at night where we would paint the walls ourselves and redo the concrete. And we put our kids to sleep in a pack and play so we could work until four in the morning. And he would go back to work and like, woe on the sacrifice, but the beauty and like joy of that simple beginning, I will never, ever, ever forget. So the studio gets up and running and it's now starting to take more time than I had anticipated and I start bumping up against this guilt to the extreme degree of I'm not even supposed to be doing this and this is why is because this takes time and I'm supposed to be with my family literally 24-7 and making them so happy and that should make me happy and it doesn't make me happy. I am bad and broken and wrong and something is wrong for me and this is why the prophet said not to do it because his guilt is so crippling and I can't do this. And you know, I honestly let my studio almost burn to the ground. I would go a week, two weeks, without even answering an email for people to book the studio because I couldn't I couldn't reconcile this subconscious programming of what I was taught that this was wrong for women to work and pursue a passion and what was happening on my in external world which was I was working and I was pursuing a passion even though I was doing it from home there was that little bit of me that was like but you shouldn't be doing this And it was at that point that literally almost every dream I had died under guilt. And um, I would say guilt of religious programming. I would not say guilt from God because I do not actually believe that God is the author of guilt. I think God is the author of love. I think there's like righteous, like Holy Spirit conviction when you've actually done something wrong and that like pushes you in another way. But I think this crippling level of guilt that was solely of my mind and ego creation to do to stop doing thing that was putting me outside of this comfort zone. If you haven't read The Big Leap, you must read The Big Leap. He talks about this upper limit problem that we're like used to living our life in this frequency and we're just like right here, stable, comfortable. And then when we try to, get, when we start getting too happy and things start going like too well, that we will automatically sabotage it to bring ourselves back down to this safe feeling baseline. And I think that my guilt was that upper limiting problem in me to bring me back down to earth and reality. And it almost killed me. And then out of, thank you again, God swoops in. I get a DM from this girl, Tanya, who is still my assistant to this very day to this very day she is still my right hand girl to this very day I get a dm from her and she's like hey do you need any help running your studio here's my qualifications my friend randomly sent me to you and I literally my dm back to her said are you kidding me do you believe in god because I literally just prayed a prayer that I actually do want to keep this studio going but I need help and it wasn't 20 minutes later you guys Tanya popped into my life. Tanya pops into my life. She puts systems, processes in place. She keeps the studio from crashing and burnings and helps me grow up while I'm still able to be home all, mostly all the time with my kids and my family. And whoa, it was incredible. <laughs> it's a miracle. 
And my guilt started to loosen. I wasn't working as much, but then I start sinking back into that like, oh, this doesn't feel that fun. And I actually feel really sad. And my kids are starting to grade on me like literally no other. And I'm not being the best version of myself. I just felt myself craving doing more. You guys, I don't believe that God puts desires in us to not reach them. I believe that if you have a dream, you are given the capacity to achieve it. I believe that if, if it's in you, it's for you. Like who do you think puts the ideas there? Who puts the desire in your heart? Some people just don't have the desire and other people do. And that's not unrighteous. Like who puts the desires in your heart? I believe like God uses each other. He uses the hands of one another to get his work done on the earth. And I don't actually believe he just uses men for the workplace and women for the home. I think how he's doing his work up there is not a one size fits all, one gender fits all role and specifics. I truly believe that he knows us each on an individual level and he knows what we are, what he needs from us and what we need from him and what we need from her as life. And if we are open and receptive and tuned in, that we can hear what he is trying to tell us, what directions to take, what paths to take, what doors to walk through. It's a hard fought for belief, you guys. That is a hard fought for belief of mine because the belief I was given was that women our mom's wife, and they serve the church, period, end of story. So to actually be able to take that and say, you know, I don't believe that that is true for me. And I believe in an all-knowing God who knows Susie Sutton so specifically to my core and is not going to give me a one-size-fits-all that isn't meant for me. That is a hard fought-for belief, and I will shout it from the rooftops. It was so fascinating sitting with hundreds of women at Suzy school and so many women would come with this exact same thing I'm working I'm doing something that I love but I feel so much guilt that I'm not supposed to be doing it because I was told that that wasn't my role is this is when you start to dig deep into your divine intuition women especially I feel like we spend our whole lives outsourcing our intuition to others we like do it with our parents, our friends, our religious leaders, our college professors, our husbands, our for everyone around us that we think knows better for our life than we know for our life because I think fundamentally we're scared that we can't trust ourselves. We're scared that we can't trust our divine guidance. We're scared that we don't have divine guidance. We're scared that this is all of our ego creation. So one of the biggest, most massive expansions of my entire life was this digging into I can trust myself. I can trust this divine guidance that is coming through me as good. And even if the people around me say like, nope, that's not for you. Nope, that's not the path. Nope, you can't have that. Knowing that no one knows better for your life than you and the person that and the God that created you. No one. And the more we reclaim that power and guidance and intuition we have in ourselves, the easier life and the more authentic life we get to live because we're no longer living a life that we were told. We were, are claiming a life that is meant for us, that is ours. I believe that the greatest, most effective strategy tool, anything you could ever have to grow your business is that guidance, that intuition, sharpening, tuning in deeper, listening more clearly, getting your frequency more clear so that you can receive the downloads of information that are trying to pour through you. 
that honing in on that skill will serve you more than anything else in the world. And I believe that just like for me, the number one blocker of that intuition and devised guidance was my own ego creation of guilt. We as women, I feel like give ourselves 8 million things a day to feel guilty about. We're guilty about what we fed our, their, our kids for breakfast. We're guilty that we're not wearing makeup by 10 a.m. Where we feel guilty that we're not doing as good as so-and-so. We feel guilty that our house is not clean. We feel guilt, 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 shame. One of the lowest frequency vibrations that you can feel is guilt. Because guilt is shame and guilt and shame go hand in hand and it is low vibe. And we have to stop. Like in order to become who we are supposed to become, to find our path of our highest soul's expansion, we have to choose out of our worn rut and pathway of guilt. So when guilt is coming up for you, I invite you to do this. Realizing you're going to feel the emotion, you're going to feel off, you're going to feel mad, you're going to feel like you're guilty for not being good enough, something. That your emotions are going to get your attention and you're going to then realize like, okay, I'm going to actually take a second to get to the root of this. And I want you to write down like why I'm feeling guilty is X, Y, Z. And I want you to examine that belief that's causing you guilt. There's a guilt there because there's a belief that's against it. So maybe your guilt is I am, I'm not being a great mother. And there may be some parts of that, that like that guilt is actually serving you because it is moving you toward action of like doing what you really want to do and becoming a better person. But I would say for a large part, the guilt is just senseless tied to a limiting belief or a belief that was put in you that's not actually yours. And the more of those guilt, those limiting beliefs that you can clear out. So you're only stuck with guilt that serves and not shame where all it does is destroy had I always lived in this guilt of I am not following the prophet I must be bad broken and wrong I today would not have been able to live in such a joyous passionate life of serving thousands of women of being home with my children and I, I like I said they swim in the frequency that we are emitting at all times and I don't think my children would be, would be as happy as they are because I wouldn't be as happy as I am. I wouldn't have been able to retire Todd who is, gets to be home with us every single day. The effects of having Todd home in our family, you cannot, there's no one on planet earth that can tell me that this is not the highest, most ideal for my family. Ugh, I don't even like to think about what life would look like if I would have stayed in that sad, low vibe version of myself before I entered and started my journey of true entrepreneurship. I don't even like to think about that. And I'm not saying that if you are a stay-at-home mom and you are incredibly happy and don't feel the calling in your heart to start a business, then don't start a business and don't make anyone make you feel pressure or guilt that you should. All I'm saying is if you have a calling on your heart, if there is something lighting you up, follow it because there's a reason that's happening. If it's in you, it's for you and you can trust you. And the more you learn to trust you, the more you take a step and watch the pathway light up before you, the juicier and juicier and more free and authentic your life gets to become. And I love pushing people off to the cliff in entrepreneurship. Those have been like waiting on the sides, being like, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, should I. I love to just push them off. 
<laughs> like just get going. You're going to, you may find out. And this is a very worthy outcome of my work. I believe if I push them off the cliff, they go into entrepreneurship and they're like, this is not for me. I'm like, awesome. I still did my work because then you get to go off and you get to explore a different path for you knowing like I took that path and it wasn't for me. Just like I took the influencer path gladly, gleefully, joyfully, and it didn't end up being for me. You'll never know unless you try. You'll never try unless you let yourself and you get over the guilt and fear and shame that's stopping you from trying. And you're never going to live an authentic, full, free, fulfilling life if you are living it on someone else's terms. A few years ago, I asked my dad for some business advice. We just did did Jovi, had a million dollar launch and I went to my dad. He's a brilliant businessman. And I said, dad, I have a business. I have like, I need some business advice. And he did say, he's like, you're not going to want mine. And I was like, no, I really do. I really do. He says, you're not going to like it. And this is when I should have said, okay, I'm going to, I shouldn't have pressed in further, but I did. And I said, I asked my question and he said, my advice is leave the matters of making money into the, into your husband's capable hands. And I was crushed, deflated, went up into my childhood bedroom and cried my eyes out. It felt like he handed me the box and said, get back in, little girl. This is where you belong. And for 20 minutes in my bedroom there, I almost crawled back in. But there is a relationship and a source of inspiration that I trust even more than my loving, incredible father who I respect, admire, and adore. And that is a relationship with someone that knows me better. Someone that knows my path better. Someone that knows the work in the world I'm supposed to do. Someone that knows the people I'm supposed to reach. Someone that knows the person I'm supposed to become. A different father. I do not blame my dad at all for that comment. Like he grew up in the 50s and 60s and the paradigm that he is working from is so wildly different than what exists in 2023. And also what dad just doesn't want his daughter to be taken care of and to just live a bouge life and get to chill. I love him for that. I love him that he wants me to be safe and that in his mind that what will make me the safest and happiest is what has made his family the safest and happiest. So I get that and I don't I don't fault that at all. But maybe some of you have had the experience where someone you love, trust, admire, respect thinks that they know a better path for you than you do. And I just challenge you to dig into your divine guidance and intuition for your life. It is yours. There's something at the helm here so much bigger than any earthly person. And when we dig into that, we get real answers for us. And now suddenly everyone's like, okay, I get the spirituality space. I get it. I get it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. What a ride. We continue to go on together. I'm so stoked. Like we made it to the top six of spirituality podcasts since we launched this and I'm just floored and shocked and shooketh and grateful for this experience of finding my voice and boldly sharing what I believe even though part of me is like terrified of looking in my DMs because I know that anytime I talk about God and like church and Mormonism it's wildly triggering (laughs) but I'm just grateful for this space I'm super grateful for you I'd love to continue this conversation in my DMs shoot me over like what you're going through right now what are you bumping up against I'd just love to be there for you also I would love nothing more if you can give this a little rating or review or share it on social media. I love to repost those. So thank you for being here. I love you.